one of a kind, the last of his breed, the world's finest, Waterboy. Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? 40. A bonacera. And Ham. Yeah. And your host Hamish after a uh, nice fight back win over the weekend, which we will get to, but there were a couple of other um, results that occurred over the weekend, which we'll touch on shortly. And then after that, touch on the news and then get into some previews, although the Eels have a bye. Um, a couple of other games, uh, including um, origin fixtures, which Eels players will be playing in. Um, so to start it off, uh, pretty poor result in the women's fixture, going down 30 to nil to the Mounties. Uh, of course, the Mounties in second position. So uh, Magpies remain in eighth. Um, a couple of wins this season, so they've taken... Steps, but yeah, seems to be uh, a couple of um, potentially uh, players that could be playing in the uh, women's premiership later on this season. So, bad result. Anything to add to that one? No, all good. No boss. Then, something you will be able to add to is the flag result the Eels going down 16 to the Raiders 28. Raiders were only one position ahead of us in this competition, so uh, particularly bad result. And Hammond, 40. Um, and the thing was that, again, it was a they were f- uh, mounting a comeback too. They were down... 6-18 uh, at halftime? Yes, they were. Um, but they were back to 16-18 at one point. And then um, they were doing really well, sort of putting a lot of defensive pressure on the as much as you can in the 20s, getting them in, keeping them inside the 40 and whatever. I think they scored a couple of tries in a row there. And then um, uh, a charge down attempt from, uh, who was it? Etowale Louis. That's right. Um, he, yeah, charged the ball down. He didn't need to. Ill-advised. Uh, gave, the, gave the Raiders a six again, just outside their 40, and they eventually scored off that. And then... Um, Scored again, so yeah, it's sort of they did all the hard work, and it was just a bit of bit of a blood rush to the head that sort of kept it all. But I suppose if he does a charge down and he scores a try or gets the ball back within the thirty, well then you know he's hailed a hero. But yeah, when you when you've got the momentum, sort of I suppose you just want to you props to keep their arms down and. Put pressure on the kicker, but don't. I do don't think charge on a down. on a sort of annex from that. I do think that the charge down rule should be revisited, in 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 so far as rewarding the team with the ball of six again if they're not good enough to get the kick away. But that's <coughs> neither here nor there, I suppose. Yeah, so um, bit disappointing in the end, but you know, and also given that they were um, only sort of one position ahead of us, it's really disappointing. But it's good to see them fight back and. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Not much to say, I suppose. All right, then into something to say. Another fight back um, in the Canterbury Cup, but this one a successful one. Uh, Wentworthville Magpies 38 to the Mounties 34. Uh, Try scorers Alvaro, Dunster, French with a double, Greg Lalesiwau, Andrew Davey, and Tim Manor with the game ceiling try. There you are. Uh, Reese Davies, five from seven on conversions. How did you see it? Um, disappointed to start off with, even though Danny 
scored the opening try to sort of that opening 40 minutes uh, when he were pretty much always behind and they were down, to, yeah, 20 to 12 at half time. So, um, you know, for a, a team with a starting forward pack of Tim Manor, Daniel Alvaro and Oregon Kafusi against basically nobodies, that's disappointing there. Um, yeah, it's just... It was good that they come back and they really did well to fight back. And um, I think, yeah, it's just sort of... That was off the back of the forwards and um, Ethan Parrion has done some bringing the ball out well. I think the, the most disappointing thing about it is there was a 10-minute period there where Bevan French... Or maybe it was a 10, 15-minute period where Bevan French got his hands on the ball at first first receiver... Um, if you watch the highlights, he scores a try basically from nut. He's standing still, just powers like burst through the line. Um, there's a banana kick, which I've been calling for for a while now, and actually the fullback slips over, for, and then Bevan just uses his speed to um, score a try there, and then he set up a couple of tries. It's just, and you see, he's got all the great stats. He's leading try scorer. I think I had a look today. He was third on. Um, try assists, he's fourth in line break assists. So he's got the talent there. It's just and the thing is he only does that in like 10, 15 minutes a game. So if he tried the whole game and if he tried to be the dominant player and just sort of you know, work off the back of that, his stats in reserve grade could be amazing. And in turn that'd probably give him a first grade spot, but he only tries for 10, 15 minutes and what he does there is unbelievable so yeah i'd just like to see more from bevy in that regard anything to add to that for you i was absent for that one for this game so um i've got you know secondhand info from 60s and and a bit from him when i was speaking to him before but no i can't have i watched the highlights and there was a comical try that greg and bev let let in which made me laugh a bit but um (laughs) Sides from that, it's good to see that loaded Wenty roster finally get a win, even if it wasn't convincing. Um, they've they've really really underperformed. To be fair to them, Mounties were third, so they've got a pretty. I they don't really have the strongest team, but they've probably got a well, like a team that plays mm-hmm. together a lot. That's right, better than the sum of its parts. Um, yeah, but in saying that, over the last month, that loaded Wenty roster has been criminally disappointing. Uh, they've they've gone on free prior to that win uh, last week, so it's nice for them to get on the board. But you know we're still expecting big things from them, and they're not really living up to it. Well, then into a positive result: the Eels twenty-two, Raiders sixteen, and the final final tally for Brad Arthur. I think it was eight eight water bottles drunk. <laughs> it was pretty. What did he start with? Nine, twelve? What, what what was it loaded up? He had uh, literally like a like he was playing um. Forts in in like preschool, uh, primary school or something, with um someone across the desk. He had that whole bottle, uh, wall of right, bottles. Just 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 quickly, try scorers Manu Ma'u, Ferguson with a brace, and Mitch Moses with the game ceiling try, and then some stats: fifty one percent possession, but only sixty eight percent completion rate, twenty eight of forty one sets, one ninety three runs, but we outgained um the Raiders with less runs by about 150 metres, outgoing post-contact metres by about 30 metres, five line breaks to four, 38 tackle breaks to 36, kick return metres 134 to 215, average play the ball speed, four seconds for us, three seconds for the Raiders. Consistent with the entire season. It's amazing. We just, 
Yeah. Um, forced dropouts, one to us, three to the Raiders. Um, anything else that really sticks out, 36 missed tackles to 38. Similar amount of tackles, 13 errors apiece, 77 penalties to five. Um, it took us a while to get our first one. Um, it seemed an age. Um, but positive result after a terrible first 35 minutes. You missed another important stat that um, both teams got Jack White and did the same amount of times. Um, <laughs> he, 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 Jack he, giveth, yeah, Jack taketh exactly. away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You want to take, take us away, Bertie? What was your initial take on the game? Um, well, Brad Arthur drinks kid under the table. <laughs> uh, well, that doesn't sound question. very oh. <laughs> I saw all the bottles over the table. I don't know what was going on under the table. No, the game, you know, it's frustrating. Um, and I don't know how you can fix it. I guess it's a million dollar question, but it's just our ruck defense and like behind the markers is just their back three, like. We're used to Fergo and Sivo and Gufferson, you know, reaching like 150 meters a game. But I don't know how to stop. It's just I think it's a, it's a fun, it's a function of a complex array of issues that probably starts with the referees, not not you know ref wins and whatnot. But I think that uh, consistent ruck interpretations sort of don't favor us in, in any given game. And beyond that, there are certainly, I think, like you know, player individual player issues and and probably technical issues across the team too, you know. And but like, surely the people in defence should realise, like after the first, like after the first scoot, or they realise, you know, oh, holy shit, like maybe the second run, that they're making quick meters, so maybe I'm going to stop the next tackle. But it just seems as though they don't have the like they don't have the knowledge to know what's happening mid set to readjust. Mm-hmm. And like they didn't even have PJ BJ Lalua and. I was still nervous when they were going out wide, and like, let's be real. Like, okay, Shani's nickel clock set might be the buy of the year, but it was a reserve grader last year. You put year. some respect on Maker Sivo's name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look in your just, own backyard, mate. But like, they're back free. Realistically, Rapana's the only one I should, we should be scared of. But like, who's the other winger? What was his name? Like uh, Bailey Simonson. Bailey Simpson. Like, that's why. Like, if you told me, uh, if you showed that the numbers and you showed me it was Rapana, and then Kotrick on one side and whoever the fullback were, then you understand. But they just had Rapana and they were still making their meters. And another thing, it's uh, Hodgson. Like you could see, there was one pass he made. It was like twenty meters, thirty meters on the fly, and it just cut out. It was so quick and um, efficient. Like it's just okay. Maybe Marnie, maybe one day he could be like that. But it just they just controlled the ruck so better. And I don't know how we can't stop it. I don't know. It's, it's just a common, at least. The most common trend we have this year is a front rower scoring against us, and no front rower scored this week. So Jack White and scored a front rower strike against us, though. Oh yeah, but Jack White, you know, he's like a center. Well, I reckon he's a center. It, it was a soft try, unfortunately. That, that's yeah, what. And he that's really what it was. Two people in our team, so you know, he could have anyone. But like, it's just, I thought uh, it was a great game from our forwards. To be honest, I reckon they did well. Um, I knew <laughs> I wish we could sign him for another two more years, but might be a stretch. But um. I don't know how I've, I was obviously frustrated. Like I was, I'm not gonna lie. I've never turned off a game, Paramount, but I was so close to turning it off at halftime. Thinking, this team just at just half time. 
Yeah, well, 30, I, 35 minutes. I was, I was like, going to say 35 yeah. minutes. Yeah, sorry, it would have to have been the 35 minutes before we scored those two yeah. rapid-fire tries. But I can like, I can understand that sentiment. It was it definitely felt like – I mean, and Mitchell Moses said as much in his post-game presser where, you know, he was quite cognizant of the fact that the team is far more likely to give up 30 points in that situation where they've given up 16 than they are to rally. And, he you know, he said as much. And, you know, it certainly felt like we're going to get 30, if not 50, put on us in, in Darwin by the Raiders. But – to the boys' credit, they you know they rolled up their sleeves, and yeah, they made some errors, but they they played tough. And I think that even though the integrity of the ruck, like Bertie you know correctly pointed out, wasn't quite um, sound and secure, I think that the intent and defense was by and large correct. You know there was aggression, there was line speed, um, and you know you look at Kane Evans, who was one of the guys that was leading that, and he had a lot of missed tackles, which I was actually surprised when I saw the stats, but it felt like he was actually trying to make a positive influence in defense. Um, yeah, I thought Kane was quite good for his, he's, except for the he, stupid offloads. He, I, but, I didn't well, think uh, uh, was as bad as what, the, what was. Ham, Ham might have something to say about one of those stupid offloads because I missed yeah, it. But I um, reckon Sam and Sam was taken out. Yeah, that's what I said. That's why I said to Discord that referees are cheats. And <laughs> just a second, like half a minute later, but. Oh, yeah, no, because I, I, I watch it on the KO, so because it's slightly delayed, I, I, I keep off the yeah, yeah, fair uh, enough. All social media. <laughs> I, I will yeah, lay, um, I'll, I'll lay my cards on the table. I now. think that Sorry. Kane Evans, outside of the first Raiders game, has been really good this year. Like, like oh, absolutely. I think him and Hoffman have been the most improved this year. Like, and it's just probably who else has improved from last year? But well, Mitchell Moses not. isn't isn't being a dead oh. weight in the team compared to the last year. But um, his, Gutherson's yeah. naturally improved from ACL. from second year from his ACL, yeah. yeah. But no, that, that that's good nominations, Bertie. But if if, it, if Kane if Kane was good, Junior Paulo was brilliant. Twelve meters a carry, fifteen runs, one hundred and eighty meters. He had one. I think there was one error to his name where it was an obvious two on one strip that the ref, referee missed somehow. Um, but aside from that, he was dominant. So that was you know really good seeing him seeing him build from that. Again, man, like. Well, Canberra, Canberra obviously trained for that, and they took advantage of that several times quite well. The one on Dylan Brown was outstanding. Yeah, um, oh, that was just good defensive. That work. was like as as good a one on one strip as you will see, and it's clean too. Yeah, it's it's not the it's not the twenty nineteen version where you have three or four players yeah. in the tackle, the two or three of them peel off. That's then, right. You know they've got the singular person there. It's a, it was a clear one on one strip. That was a that was really good heads up play actually. But then also. You see on that play, I hate Bateman. Everyone's all over Bateman's dick at the moment. I, He's so soft, man. Like, you watch him strip that ball off Dill. He gets tackled by Hoffman. He gets up, push Hoffman in the face. Hoffman sort of just gives him a tap on the back of the head. He falls down. <laughs> Seriously. He's mm. like, he's one of those guys that's all talk. He's all talk. That's what this is from me. Soccer, that's just... <laughs> yeah. He's all talk. He's a, shit, he's a shit stirrer that you love to have on your team, but hate when you're playing against yeah. him. Yeah. No. Take him out. Don't need those soft bricks on our team. Um, we've got Kane Evans. We've got the big red machine. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, no, I was looking at his stats the other day, or uh, yesterday, and um, whenever he's played 30 minutes for us, he's run over 100 metres and made 20 tackles. Yeah, he's, he's producing, and and the errant offloads are by far down compared to last year. Like He's focusing on running hard first. Which is the important part of his game. He's also put on a bit of size too. Like he looks like mm-hmm. last year was a bit of a wasn't it wasn't it was lean last year. This year he looks a bit bigger. 
it's I reckon it's really helped him. I think of a full preseason because last year he had the um, the forearm injury from the Fijian World Cup. That's uh, true. He broke yeah, yeah. He broke his wrist slash forearm. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, uh, well statistically when you look at his running meters, defensively he's a little bit down on previous years, but um, if you look at running meters per game and how many times he's hit 100 meters, this is his best year that he's had in his career. So he's, he's done really well and. Um, I actually hope we keep him for next year. He's contracted, isn't he? He is, but there was talk that he was. That's going right. Out yeah, there, there was um, um, some talk about you know club sniffing around, if not the Super League. But he's done really well. I think. I mean, I, yeah. I've definitely got a place for him in our top thirty next year. And you know, we're going to need you know a good you know uh, pack of middle forwards is a big part of the reason how you get into the top eight and, and deep into the finals. And he's quite, he's got a hundred games under his belt, so. Important experience too, especially yeah. since we're going to be looking to bring in some young bulls. You know, obviously, obviously Oregon's been around the team in first grade, and we're going to have Stefano Toicomano in the mix at some point in the future. So you need to keep the uh, the seasoned vets around them. And speaking of season, how funny is we're praising Evans and yet Alvaro, which is nothing nice to say about. Uh, him. I, I I am still banking on Paula to bounce back, whether it's this year or next year. Um, but yeah, and it is what it is. He's obviously struggling. Um, and you know, Tyman Reggie's hasn't necessarily rekindled his um the the flame to get him back in the first grade, but that's okay. Um, you know. But then again, like you see him when they go back to Winnie, none of them play well, but as soon as they're back up in the first grade, it's true. Like yeah. Kane spent a few weeks down in Winnie and just sort of he was there, like he did well. It was a bit above average. But I think he had we had one dominant game and, and a couple of other handful, like you know, immediate, you know, whatever games. Yeah, but since he's been a backup to first, even great. at the start of the year, like he had that one bad game, and I reckon every game. Um, before that and since then, he's been pretty good. So, but, yeah, um, I, I, I love, I, again, I like Kane. Outside, outside of our you know strong front row starters, there was um, good performances across the park, I thought. Um, Gufferson was pretty good, but both he and Moses um, left tries on the um, on the ground on the right edge. Yeah. They both failed to find Virgo for good pass in the last ball. Um, Makasivo had that one bad uh, defensive misread against um, Sebastian Chris where he should have just killed him in the air, but um, sort of half half competed, half tackled him. But aside from that, he did a lot of tough work. Uh, Hoffman was good again. Tackle was pretty good, except for that one dumb play the ball where he was concussed. Um, uh, Reed Mining was really good, uh, over 60 tackles with um, one missed, I think, which is... Oh, you want to talk about really good, our bench. Yeah. Bloody hell, David Gower and Tepo. Tepo had his second best game of the year. I think his best game has probably been the um, Penrith game where he started at prop. Yeah. I'd say that's probably his best. The, the game numbers, so the numbers are good, but not amazing. But it's once again a, a case of the numbers not telling the full story. He's got eleven runs for one hundred nine meters and eleven tackles, but the runs were uh, full of quality, weren't they? Yeah, there was one one run. I think it was after either Brownie or Paulo. Actually, no, it might have been after Gower. He made fifteen, sixteen meters on the next run. So, you know, that was not only good from Tep, but also good from yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was uh, David Gower there. So, you know, for that lead up run. To set up a big run next, that's that's what you want. Um, what else? There's obviously Dylan Dylan Brown didn't have the happiest um, return as far as offensive play is concerned, but that makes sense. He's missed three months of play and he's been struggling with a difficult injury that which which you know makes it hard to stay physically uh, on top of your game. He's obviously not he's out of shape. Been, he's only been back to contact training for the as you do two weeks of running. And then two weeks exactly. of uh, contact training. So they'd so, be back sort of three weeks, the absolute most. So, but yeah, the, fl- the flip side of that is that he did not shirk his duties in defense. 
He made oh, no. he he led the back line of twenty four tackles with just two missed. Um, there was only one really bad uh, defensive moment for him in the first half where he got taken for a ride in our red zone, but even then it didn't cost us. But aside from that, he was looking for work through the middle. Um, he even got to the right edge every now and then to help out defensively. So, you know, lots of credit to the young guy there. And I think, Cam, you said he made a point of it. Um, was it in the pregame? There was an interview or something. He wanted to focus on getting his defense right coming back in the yeah, first grade. the first grade? thing he says is, I want to make my tackles. Yeah, And, you exactly. know, when you have a an 19-year-old uh, half now, he's had his birthday in uh, – in June. Uh oh, it's, so, um, it's the Latrell. It's the Latrell age now. He's nineteen. <laughs> He's nineteen. He'll be nineteen for the next three years. Um, but that—that's—that's that's the foundation of a great attitude, isn't it? Where you, you know, oh, absolutely, you get your tackles done, and you're going to help your team on the the hard side of the ball. And, and and in saying that, as much as he struggled, and there was the one-on-one strip by Bateman, and there was a forward pass to Sean Lane in the second half, which was you know just real clunky. The net gain that we had from him, the team, was quite obvious. You know, Mitchell Moses. Oh, well, you see, Mitchell Moses got to run the ball. Yeah. Like when Mitchell Moses run the ball, when he wants to run and run hard, I there's no. He's the best half of doing that. Yeah, exactly. He, between between his acceleration and his short area quickness, he's so so threatening, and especially in the the testing conditions up in Darwin, where the fatiguing defenders, you know, and combine that with the sort of even the grease, you know, trying to tackle someone, the hand slips a little bit, and you saw that he he beat four Raiders on on route to scoring a. In the end, it was pretty soft, but it was a, a good-looking try that ended up winning the game for the Eels. Any of you guys a bit upset that Salmon only got, like, the Tucker HIA minutes? Like, he didn't come on after that? When he um, I reckon the plan was probably to bring him on sort of late in the game, but he's not – like, if you're well in front or want to um, try and spark something, he's a player to bring in on, the, whereas I think if you're just that, that's a good in point. front – yeah. You're probably sort of, not bringing him on. He's not. He's he's good defensively, but he's not the best player defensively. In the and he's um, one of the players that you can just get on and like you put him anywhere and he'll just follow the ball. Whereas we wanted to sort of you know you wanted to consolidate. There was a few errors, um, which could have cost us. But yeah, like we brought him on in that dogs game for the fine. Like again, against that in the dogs game, he only come on for. Uh, and we and we had the that's right ten twelve minutes and we had the foot on the throat in that game, yeah. And so that's the game where you it's a it's a it's sort of it is a bit of a waste of a bench spot, it seems. But to be fair, in the corresponding fixture last year, Ree got really gassed in the like by the sixtieth minute in the Darwin conditions, and I yeah, think that would that would have been in the back the back of the mind of BA and the coaches. And obviously in this game, he just guts through it and made sixty two tackles, or whatever it was, something outrageous. Um, yeah, but I'd like to see Salmon get more minutes. I think he's got a lot more in him, and uh, I think if you just you don't have to park him on an edge, you can sort of play him as like a second fullback. And I know everyone loves to talk about the five eighth being the second fullback, but they're not. You have two halves on the field, and you have your fullback who roams. Um, I th- I'd like to see Salmon as that second fullback, and then that way um, you can have uh, Dylan and Guff on the left, Moses and Salmon on the right, or you can have uh, Dylan and um, Guff on the left, Moses and Salmon on the right, and then when the defense looks up, they don't know which way the ball's going to go until Reed makes his decision. So I think, yeah, you can really use Salmon really well in that in that regard. Uh, I just, I'm not, yeah, I think there will be games where we can use it, and I think there will be games sort of, uh, when we go back, probably the there's three games I can, like Tigers, Warriors, and Dragons. I think they're, that's where you'd use Salmon for the final, like, 25, 30 minutes, or maybe, yeah, 20 to 25 minutes, and you'd really open the game up there. 
Well, I think the, there's an important decision for the club in that regard moving forwards as to whether they want to properly utilise a bench utility as an impact option, like you're saying, Ham, or you dedicate that role to a young impact forward and you're looking at someone like Stefano Oregon to come on limited minutes and, you know, just tear in. And then you, you sort of back your other guys in case there's an injury to make a reshuffle. Um, otherwise, if he's just going to be on the bench and, you know, only play if there's a significant injury or something like that, it, it is a waste of a spot. So just back to the game, um, I think my thoughts were whilst we're down 16-0 at the 35-minute mark and we had been spending a lot of time in our own half, there was a couple of opportunities we, we seriously squandered. The one was the big break-up field um, to which uh, Marnie was then tackled and then the ball went over the sideline. And then the second raid down that right edge where um, Moses threw the ball. I, I can't remember if it was Ferguson was either... Moses and Gufferson both had bad passes to Fergo down that yeah. right edge, and um, that was so, so two tries gone back. Yeah, they could see they were going to get a bit of joy on that side of the field. Um, and, and, of course, our errors contributed to how poorly we were. We were only completing it like just above 50%. I think at one point it was 40%. Yeah, we were four from um, 10. So, And, and I think um, what, what, or at least what I've seen to come out of the game is that the Raiders completely bottled that game. But I thought it was our change, especially as you guys touched on the bench coming on, that swung things in our favour. Our bench absolutely flogged their bench. Like, if you see the run metres from their four bench players, they were like, oh, did any of them crack 60 metres or so? I, I don't recall. Yeah. No, I, don't, but, I, don't, I actually don't think so. But then we were getting up, forcing errors. Um, White and just absolutely turned to crap after we actually got up in his face and made him make decisions. Sean Lane dropped the, um, to, the boom on him at one point. That was a great tackle. And, yeah, as opposed to letting them dictate terms. And from that point on, I thought we, we were really – we probably could have beat them by more if not for some more handling errors in the in the back half of the game. Um, but it's really positive performance. And um, I think even Ricky Stewart admitted in his press confer- conference that, that we didn't allow the Raiders to play um, after that 35-minute mark. Um, and I thought that was, yeah, de- definitely something that – that occurred. Oh, yeah, I, just I, to I, show what a bit of um, defensive press. Sorry, forty. That's okay. A bit of defensive pressure and uh, just holding the ball a little bit, like um, you know, uh, that first half. I'll just have a quick look. It's not going to tell me. Um, you know, what we'll complete it four out of ten. That's when the Raiders scored their tries, and then, um, but yeah, a bit of defensive pressure. You know, hold the ball. You don't have to be like the Bulldogs where you do absolutely nothing so you can <laughs> hold the ball. You know, still still play a bit of footy, but if you know if we completed at six or seven there, we don't give us away as many tries. We've got a bit of better field position. You know, that it adds up. So yeah, it just goes to show like we're we're a good enough team. We're fourth for points scored. Fourth for points scored, but fourth worst in defence on an aggregate of perfectly points balanced as all things should be. As Fanos likes to say. So um, I'd like to see you know points per possession. To see where we are, because well, maybe not points per points per completed set. Because or points. I think I think the one that they use is points per tackles in the opposition twenty meter zone. Yeah, because like we're a good enough team that we can score points from. Like we we could we we've got the ability to turn a game. We've just got to hold the ball, and that's it's it has it, it was a problem in the early, in the opening of the Raiders game. It's been a problem. Uh, for the Dragons game, I think we had a low completion rate early on there against the Dogs in round two. So, you know, if we hold the ball, still play a bit of footy. You don't have to complete it 
above 90% or whatever, but if you're completing around that 70 to 80% mark, there's not many teams that are going to stop us in attack when we've got the ball. I reckon um, you're spot on there, Ham. Um, like you said, you sort of want to play the balance between, you know, safe possession-based game play and, you know, playing your own footy. And at times I found that balance and we certainly didn't find it in the first half of that game, but we, we rallied. But um, I think on, a, on another note, there was a bit of um, bulletin board material coming to this game. Because if you recall back to when Canberra put the uh, the shutout on us in, um, was it round five, round six? Uh, I think Jordan Ruppiner and a couple Absolutely. others. Yeah, round four, there you go. Jordan Ruppiner came out and a couple others talking about how they knew they were going to um, be fitter in the eels and be able to, you know, outlast them defensively and, you know, the, the game would come to them after that. And it was funny to see us do the exact same but in reverse um, in round 15. We uh, outran, outhit and outlasted them in the, the probably the most growing conditions you're going to see. Uh, played across the NRL this year. So that's credit to the boys and the staff to get up for a very difficult game. And, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully this game becomes a rallying point for the team because the Raiders aren't slouches. They're genuine top four contenders. They're one of the best defensive outfits, and they're, you know, they're pretty handy at scoring points too. And they had all the, all the aces and you know a loaded hand, and we managed to grind our way back into the game. So that, that was an important result, I believe. To go back to what Ham said about defence, like was after the first try, I think we ran on last. They had the ball. Raiders started their set in their five meter line. Um, we actually muscled up the first three tackles, and they had to kick within their thirty. By the time we filled the kick, we were already on halfway line. So it just you just got to muscle up. When they're when they're, you got them pinned, you got to muscle up for one set, and one set can change the game. Because look, from that set we scored the second try. We go into halftime. It's only 16, 12, and it's just. Before that, all every single set we started was in our ten meter line, and it's just we're just getting bashed. And it's, you just got to muscle up for one set, and you can change a game. And uh, I don't know if that's just that's Moses or kicking early, or but yeah, it's just um, just muscle up, guys. I'm going to keep saying it. Just muscle up in one uh, one set. And, yeah, we yeah be I, I just I just saw an interesting stat that um, our back three generate four hundred and forty five meters per game on average which is first. So, you know, if you put that little bit of defensive pressure on, we start our set, you know, they kick the ball out, Guffer gets around the 30 or 40 metre line. We're going to be attacking by the third tackle. We're going to be, we're going to have an attacking set rather than um, last year where we would have had a defensive set in that situation when we had smaller guys. So, yeah, it's just, Birdie just perfectly, just one, one set of big defensive pressure early can be 20 minutes of sustained pressure and attack. All right, and we've discussed it off-air, but that leaves us with nine games to go. And as we've touched on, five from nine to uh, more than likely get us a spot in the top eight. And from looking at the draw, that's certainly manageable, provided we play like we did in the 45 minutes after the opening 35. If, if we continue to play the way we did in the back end of that game, we're talking top four, not top eight. But that is a big if. You know, we just want to get to the eight um, in the first place. And we've got the draw to do it. And, you know, starting with uh, an away home game against the Tigers in round 17, um, you know, and if the boys play anywhere near their potential, and, and that's a huge bonus in what should, you know, what should be honestly labelled a rebuilding year. And it's easy to lose track of that. And we certainly, you know, I know a lot of fans and myself did at the start of the year when we started off red hot and we were, was it five and three? You know, and we we're yep. on, top, on top of the world. And then you lose you lose sight of it. The fact that we we won the spoon last year and we lost, you know, uh, well, 
I'm not sure how to phrase it, but like, you know, there were significant issues came to light in, in, you know, in terms of that football review and it was going to be a tough road back and they've done a very good job to put themselves in this position to push on for the top eight. So sort of enjoy the ride for what it is and hopefully the boys will respond the right way. Well, I just had a look at the, the ladder just before we started. Six out of the nine teams that we play, we play mainly twice, but um, six of the nine teams uh, are all bottom eight teams. And Manly so, you know. is, a, is a good style matchup for us, or at least it has been in recent times. As far I know they're playing some good footy, but we've always matched up well with them under Brad Arthur, uh, yeah. and we have a and very favourable record. The, like Two more of those games um, against the Knights and then Manly last round, they're at home, and we've you know, we should be looking to, again, make that – you want to make that a fortress. So winning those two games against the top eight teams is an absolute must. So, yeah, it's – you know, we should be looking to win a, a majority. You, you don't want to win – like, you want to win all, obviously, but that's not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, if we win – fair. So what are we, we're eight wins now, aren't we? So it's usually about 12 that get you in the top eight. I, I said um, uh, twenty six. I've said thirteen. I think yeah. thirteen. This six points gets you in. Then. Yeah. Well, that'll be twenty eight. Thir- traditionally, thirteen wins would almost guarantee. I could guarantee you a spot in the top um, eight, barring some sort of freak the, result. Um, you look at the ladder. A lot of the teams hanging around that sort of uh, same wins that we've got at the moment. Uh, they've all got really bad for and against. Like even though we've been flogged in a couple of games. Uh, well, not a couple of games against the Storm. Yeah, all the, all, the, uh, all the chasing teams have really bad for and against in the yeah, top the eight. chasing team is the Warriors with minus 39. Oh, the Tigers have minus 40, and they're on the same points as us. And we're on plus 11 at the moment. So um, Tigers have had a buy, so we had t- two points plus 51 points in, in front of them. So, yeah, it, we're lucky in that sense that the bottom eight teams have awful for and against while we're doing all right. All right. Well, let's move along from there and get on to the news items. There's not too much in the news other than the origin players. So Ferguson, again, named for the Blues on the wing. Gutherson remains 18th man and seems to be coming into the team depending on the fitness of Nathan Cleary. Um there's a couple of different ways that they could do that. The thing, the the one that I think they're going to do would be put uh, Wade Graham at six and then play Gutho as the bench utility. Um, but also being thrown around is is moving White into six, putting Gutho at centre, um, or just playing Gutho straight at six. But yeah, I could only ever see it being the the first one that I mentioned. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, there was an interview of Gufferson in the was it the telly. Today, talking about how he's, you know, training as if Cleary's not going to play because, you know, he wants to take his shot. And I think in Origin 2 camp, he said he just trained everywhere. So that probably leans towards him being that bench utility and Wade Graham sliding into the, the halves. Um, it'd be really cool if he um, makes it. Be And I think that it falls in line nicely for Junior Polo, an excellent Junior Polo piece from an arrow.com yesterday, was it? Where he was um, challenging his Eels teammates to try and, you know, aspire for high representative, representative honours in order to improve the Parramatta Eels, um, you know, on the weight of the experience. and <clears throat> Except for Mitchell Moses or anybody of Lebanon descent. <laughs> yeah. <those>. Well, that, <laughs> that's, that, that hornet's nest, I don't think we're going to be prodding that one. What a, what a shit fest that is. No, we might be called up in front of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lebanon Rugby League Tribunal. Um, death to all those anything. who cover up the emblem. <laughs> but it, it, part, of, part of me would take great – I mean, he'd deserve it because, you know, he's, he's given everything for the Eels. Part of me would take great um, delight in him um, 
earning that Origin jersey after all the um the talk about how he didn't deserve big money for his contract because he's not an Origin player, and yet literally like two months later he's right in the mix for Origin. So um that'd be awesome for him. Yes, fantastic. And then in the under twenties, Origin three Eels name. Uh, Ethan Parry at centre, Oregon Kafusi starting prop, and Stefano Otuikamanu off the bench. Um, was it in the under-20s or was it the under-18s last year that Stefano scored the game winning Stefano try? was the man of the match in the 18s. Um, with that, well, yeah. I'm not sure he was the man of the match, but he scored that awesome try, yeah. Yeah, yeah given um, Kafusi's been picked, can, we need to change it to uh, State of Oregon for the for the week. Hello? Crickets. <laughs> um, other than that, yeah, there was just the news about Lebanon. So uh, apparently Moses has stood down from playing for Lebanon. He didn't even play and he's been stood down. I think he was on one of the promo <laughs> yeah, That's what someone said, but that. that's so, yeah. so dumb. What a, what a bunch of wankers, man. Seriously, I'm sorry. Uh, they just literally suspended all the players. But. Yeah, just yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. And they've like apparently they've suspended domestic competition over. It's it's a shit fight. It's <sighs> it's it's international rugby league. Is what it is. That's exactly. What, yeah. that's exactly where's the Where's the RIF man? Like seriously. Oh, there is there is more news. We forgot about it. Um, Parramatta clearly signed the next NRL superstar out of oh, um, North Queensland, um, Asaya Vailalo. Oh, we who, didn't talk about Wanga Blake. Yeah, that oh, oh <laughs> hey, hey, Asaya Vailalo first, who's a <laughs> who's a seventeen-year-old prop by way of um uh, the same school that developed Michael Morgan and Cohen Hess. Um, what he's is from it? Charters Towers, I think. Some, I yeah, um, but yeah, he's he's a good-looking prospect, and he's like 185, 100 and something kilos. There's a picture in Parramatta gear. He looks like a unit. Um, so he won't join us for a while, though, if I'm not mistaken. Like 2021, I think he's coming down. Is that right? 2021, he should be coming down next year for SG Ball, I think. Well, I don't know. Someone someone sent me a message saying 2021, so I'm not sure if that was good mail or not. Or maybe that's when he's signed to because that would put him at 20. Yeah, that also makes sense. So, um, But it wouldn't shock me if we've, like we've done it before with our, our, our outreach prospects where we let them come down to do camps and, and play a few um, uh, rounds of reps or similar programs and then send them back home and do most of their schooling and whatnot up there. So Yeah. Well, that photo um, that was going around was from a trial match earlier this year that we had at um, Parramatta Marist against the Raiders, I think it was. Raiders. So, yeah, he's obviously been in our sights for a little while and um, we got him down there, but everyone talking him up. Like, <laughs> Look, Parramatta Paramat- got a number, a number of great, great forward prospects in the system and Asaya is going to be competing with them when he comes down. So that that's it. You know, and, and it's yeah. good to sign prospects. Always excited and have, you know, an explosive body in the in the um, system. And, you know, best of luck to him. We've got a, a good pathway system going in there and we've got the fruits of it coming out in the NRL now. And we've got a couple of guys in Sam Hughes and um, Big Dave Hollis that will be pushing through before Asaya comes into our system. But he's going to compete with him. That's good. But um, yeah, yeah. you always want that competitiveness, and especially in a position like prop where you have yeah, exactly. You, know, you want a, you want a production line exactly. You always want a, prospects coming through in the middle. Yeah, you have four or five in your first grade team. You have again four or five in your reserve grade team. So it's a it's a pretty big position to fill. Uh, breaking news. All right, boys. I'm going to um, push us ahead first. Break, and then breaking we'll news. Break, what have we got? Breaking news. Nine nine matches for the eye gouger. Is that it? That's it. Okay. 
And um, all but right, yeah, let's Wong, move. Well, Wonga Blake, Wonga Blake. If you play Origin, you, you just get a fine. So, um, <laughs> um, so sorry, Waka Blake signed for four and a half years. Um, from our understanding, uh, Penrith are chipping in a significant portion of that over the balance of the four years. Yeah, well, um, um, Hooper, I think it was on three or one of the Fox. Shows it would have been it? um the the show before three sixty League Live, is it or something like that? Oh, NRL tonight. NRL tonight. Sorry, yeah, League Live is the um, girls. Yeah, yeah, he said. Two million over four and a half years. So is Parramatta's, sure Parramatta's part of the um, freight, yeah. Yeah, and then so um, his contract was supposedly worth about eight hundred grand a year. So <laughs> if we've got him for five hundred grand and Penrith are playing three hundred grand a year, that's I, I like the talent that he can bring. I like because at his worst, he's not much worse than he's better than we've got, and at his best, he's ten times. What we've currently got in the team. He's turning twenty five uh, this year too, so he's going to be right. And we'll get him through his yeah. athletic prime. The the duration of the contract is a little bit of a concern. Four That's years is problem. is a long time, but at least he'll be barring significant injuries. He'll be in his prime during that entire period. So we're not picking up a guy that's thirty years old to thirty four. You know, and obviously the last year or two are going to be like genuine dud years. He's got a big ceiling. Um, we've we've had a lot of success of Fijians in our system, obviously, um, and. It is worth mentioning that I, I was very reticent about this signing. I'll, I'll put my cards on the table. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, I think that five hundred thousand dollars is probably to the the like the, the mid upper range of his like free free agent market value if he was on the market. So that's okay. But um, in saying that, Parramatta do have something of an insider when it comes to Penrith talent. Um, the head trainer is Adrian Jimenez, um, who has been around Penrith, so he would have a very good opinion about what he can do with Wanga Blake. So you'd have to trust the training staff here. They um, made the right call for Maker Sevo, um, and who was a, a Penrith prospect that was buried in their system. And you'd have to think that they're pretty confident that they can get the best out of Wonga. Well, as as we've touched on, I think my, my and you've touched on it as well, major concern is the length given his injury history over the last two seasons. Um, but I think we saw in, what was it, his, was it 2017 or 20, was it the... He was really good last year, I think. 2018, yeah. he was yeah. very good. And, but still, uh, yeah, injuries are a concern. Um, but as you just rightly touched on, 40, um, with the new system of player acquisitions and uh, flowing from the internal review and that system that's been set up, um, the four major acquisitions this year, Sivo, Ferguson, Lane, and, um, of course, Junior coming back into the fold, they've all been hits, so um, you just have to put your trust in to, to say that and it'll probably be another hit. Another thing worth mentioning is that um, depending on how things play out with Michael Jennings, but if he were to move on um, and you'd expect Ethan Parry hopefully to be able to step into that gap at the centres, um, our back line would be the shortest person being make a Sevo at 188. It would be yeah. all 190 <laughs> plus from one to five. Uh, barring Maker, obviously, who's you know just shy of that, so be one of the biggest, most athletic backlines in the NRL. And then you look at um, weight wise, I think Ethan would probably be your skinniest at ninety seven to hundred kilos. He usually plays at, so that is a big two to five. And um, I'm not, I haven't really watched Wanga's um, rucking out work. Or he he does the big play and everything, but. You know, if you've got those big bodies in the back there, you see your starting sets each time are going to be unbelievable. And Dirty, Wakanda forever. You... <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's great, Dirty. That sums up, Dirty. That's great. 
waiting five minutes to say that, to be honest, guys. So. It, to, to, it was premeditated, but to be fair, Bertie also coined that earlier this week. He was the one that brought the Wakanda forever. <laughs> on a serious note, which side is he going to be on again? Is he he's played both. He's played both sides. But so him and Siva together. Oof. From memory, he plays a bit of left. Well, he scored yeah. that heartbreaking try against us in round one last year from the right side, the one before half time. Oh, right. Yeah. So I it was from the left. No, no, it was from the right side. Um, okay. That's where Cameron King got really embarrassed. And they, was it Cameron King? Was it Kaiser Pritchard? Cameron King, I think. Probably and, King. Yeah. Probably King is embarrassed himself. <laughs> but yeah. Enough. So he's got flexibility to play both sides. Um, I'm not sure what his preferred side is, but it'll make for an interesting proposition in round 20 because he's due back round 19 or 20. I think Brad Arthur was saying he might be a little bit ahead of schedule because round 20 was the initial diagnosis for that knee yeah, injury. I think round 19 was the optimistic. Yes. And, so and Jenko's due back. You could have, yeah, Waka and, and, Jennings uh, and Mennings, sorry, Mennings back for the for the run home, and uh, yeah, and, and there is an interesting parallel to this about how Parramatta are probably a field net will now field at some point like the all time Fijian back line between Semi Hain, uh, Wanga, um, Sivo. and Sivo. Yeah, <laughs> so just need to find another centre in there somewhere. Yeah, well, that's yeah, fair few. Um, all right, well, let's move on to previews for this week. Noting that first grade won't be in action with the bye. And just looking at the ladder, so I know it's a very long shot, um, but so if the West Tigers lose this week, that's not the long shot, sorry. <laughs> we'd go ahead of, we, we, we would go two points ahead of them with the two points for the bye. But if the Sharks, and this is the long shot, lose to the Broncos at home, then we could go ahead of the Sharks without playing a game. We were, we were talking about this in the, in the pre-pod chat but that seems unlikely given the team that the Broncos have announced. It is like legitimately the worst team the Broncos have announced in like like 10 years easy. Oh, my God. That Probably it's one of the worst they've ever announced in their existence. They're, they've oh, they've yeah, had but- it so easy for so long, and this looks like, you know, Parramatta when they were struggling or the Knights when they were struggling, sort of bad team. I, I tell you what I have enjoyed is all the Broncos fans jumping <laughs> the bandwagon after half a poor season. There was that one bloke that was spitting on the Darius boy jersey and lighting it up. Madman Billy on Instagram. Oh, Madman Billy. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. Well, previews for this week. So, in the Shield, the Guildford Owls in fourth position, taking on Cabramatta in first position, 3 p.m. at New Era Stadium. Um, so that's on Saturday, the 6th of July. And then we move over to the uh, Ron Massey Cup. If you want to see our glorious leader in action. Um, beautiful bow. You're playing. <laughs> beautiful bow. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just the, the man that delivers the Disciple. Yeah, you're meant he, to be the glorious the, leader of the podcast. The uh, he is, yes, our one true saviour. But Saints in second position taking on the Wenty well, Wentworthville Magpies in first position, 1 p.m. on Sunday, the 7th of July, and it's just down at St. Mary's Leagues, so um, not too far to travel. Um, then into the flag, which has a buy. Uh, that's a global buy, considering Origins on. It's two weeks um, buy, isn't it? Is it? Is that what, that's what it was last time. Am I mistaken? Am I making a mistake in no, saying that? for the week buy, because then they play the... Tigers somewhere. Oh, because I think in the original draw, there were two blocks of two-week buys but then the draw got changed a million times. So yeah, no, I think you're all right because then it's got round 18, but that's not until the 20th. So it looks oh. like a two two week block. Uh, old 4020's brain isn't quite all munched up yet. 
And then we move on to the Harvey uh, Harvey Norman Women's Premiership, which will see the uh, Saints in sixth position taking on the Wentworthville Magpies in eighth position. That'll also occur at St Mary's League Stadium on Sunday the 7th of July, but at 9.30am. Um, so hopefully the women can bounce back um, for that match. And then jumping into the Canterbury Cup, Wentworthville Magpies in ninth position, taking on the uh, Blacktown Workers Sea Eagles in twelfth position. Blacktown Eagles, you mean? Is it just Eagles? Because when no, I look it up on the, um, the Blacktown Eagles, it's got Blacktown Workers Sea Eagles. Yeah, Blacktown Workers Sea Eagles, BWSE. Blacktown Eagles. <laughs> Seriously, look at their roster and tell me it's not the Blacktown Eels. Come on. Oh, like sorry. Oh, I thought you said Eels. <laughs> not Eels. I thought you meant just Eagles. No, 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 no. I wasn't trying to pick a fight over those sort of semantics. It's the Blacktown Eels. <laughs> um, so that'll be 3 p.m. at Ringrose Park <laughs> on Saturday, the 6th of July. Um, yeah, well, there is a. F- oh, Dana Kafalau's running yeah. out for. Yeah. For- and there's, there's, there's more Parramatta boys. Oh, Zach Docker Clay is running yeah. around for yep. Blackdown. He's back from overseas. There, uh, there's even more of an umpire. Played a few games with us. Yep. Did Michael Tupo play for, yep. for us? He's a well. 20s yep. graduate from us, yep. Uh, Tony Williams, is that? <laughs> Old that's T-Rex. not Tony. Yeah, that is T-Rex. T-Rex. That's big T-Rex. T-Rex. Off the, T-Rex. Back off the cocaine binge, yep. That's T-Rex. And that's Fred Moalala. Leave uh, Leave leaves and that was part of our oh, 2014 squad. Yep. yep. Sean Kepi. Tyler Castle. Um, He's an Eels junior. Yep. Andy Saunders. I know he came from the Bulldogs and, and he played for us for, yep. for some time. And Kurt DeLuise out this week, but he's part of our juniors program as well. So they've they've got a lot of Parramatta talent in their team. <laughs> so um, and Jacob Loco was floating around there before as well, before he um gave it away. So but looking at those squads, really, if 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 Wentworthville don't get up this week, you know, just give it up, boys. You're you're not meant to play rugby league anymore. Well, uh, Blacktown's coming dead last, so <laughs> you might be you might be signing game, you might be signing the writ for a few retirements if that's the case, given how Wentworth's performed in the last month of footy, mate. Well, it may well be, but if you just look one through seventeen, we have them at every single position. Fullback Bevan French. On oh no, you're you're absolutely right. On a on a head to head positional basis, the team is vastly superior. It's whether they, you know, don't cock it up. Um, interesting note, I think Ham mentioned this before, um, with the 20s origin reps are out in um, Ethan Perry and Stefano Toikamano, yet Oregon Cavusi's been named to play. So I'm not sure if that's a logistical error by the um, the team, um, but that seems unlikely that he would play that and then back into the origin 20s game. Um, so Reese Davis has been named at lock in the meantime, which is quite odd. Um, and James Porter is on the extended bench. He's a 20s player who um, might feature, depending if Oregon pulls out, I suppose. Will this be the televised game, or is that at 1 o'clock? Ring Rose never gets televised games, as far as I know. Okay. I don't think TV crew set up at Ring Rose. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, no, they don't. It's the 5.20 game between the Knights and the Warriors on Fox. Oh, okay, too easy. Is there, is there one still on Channel 9 once a week? Yeah, that's on the Sunday... Oh, is that the Sunday one o'clock? And game? you can watch it on nine now. Yep. All right. And other than that, Origin on the Wednesday. Um, so I, I understand there's a live stream on NRL website or maybe on New South Wales Rugby League. I can't remember. Well, they probably do them on all of them. One on Queensland Rugby League, New South Wales Rugby League, and then 
some sort of uh, link to it on the NRL.com. Looking forward to lots of buffering and the stream dropping out and whatnot. Yeah, and just being generally awful, but um, it's better than nothing. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, Origin kicking off uh, at what what time is it? About 8 o'clock or so. Yeah, what, 10 past 8 is it or 10 to 8 or something like that? What what time's the um the twenties kick off? Five thirty is usually the, the juniors kick yeah, off, isn't it, Ham? Oh, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it down in time for that part of it. The uh, for, they they do have the um the stream goes. There you go. The stream goes on demand though, Hamish. Or at least it has in the last few years. So if you miss it, you can go back and watch it. So yeah, well, I'll probably just watch it on the train. Yeah, good man. I'm at it because that'd be nice just to get in there as well. But considering that it's fluff around for two hours. Yeah, full game, but um, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, but all right, well, I think that you know, certainly feeling a bit positive. So, what was that? That was our first back to back win since, since rounds round one and two. One and two, yep. Um, our so biggest comeback win by far. See, hopefully, we can see some more back to back wins uh, moving forward rather than this up and down affair. Um, but we've put ourselves in a good stead to have a run uh, to the finals. Uh, only injuries at the moment are. Um, Unfortunately, our two centres, <laughs> where we lack a little bit of depth in Michael Jennings and Waka Blake. Uh, but, of course, Raymond Stone as well out, but he's not back until round 24. And if we're uh, if we're not mistaken, with the June 30 deadline passing, development players are now able to be played without restriction, though we could be entirely wrong about this. The NRL was so obfuscated with all its rules in that regard. But well, that would, um, that Wacko's make... Whispers said that, um, yes, they should be allowed to. Oh, that's well. He, he's got good insight with the Fox Sports connection. So, so um, that earlier today. Yeah, it, that means Ethan Barry becomes a viable option for us. For everybody. So. And just confirming, uh, Waka Blake was the thirtieth player. To yeah, there was <laughs> there was some confusion on um, some fan sites and just the deadline approached about what we were doing. Um, yes, um, with the Matt McCurick signing and the uh, the Wonga Blake signing, we'd filled out our top thirty. Um, alongside noting Kelsey. that Tim Manor stayed, so that, exactly right. That that, that was the um the hitch and all the things was Kaiser Pritchard retired, which allowed the space for Wanga Blake, but Tim Manor, who was expected to move on to the Tigers, didn't end up backflipping. So our top thirty field out. And unfortunately, we didn't get uh, Origin representative star Christian Welch before he became an Origin representative star. Um, but there's still time for that. Just hope it hasn't completely shot out his price. Um, all right, well, I think about that, that, that about wraps us up, and um, we'll catch you on the next Para podcast to review last weekend's games. Um, but perhaps we do it next Thursday um, evening because that'll be after Origin 3, um, and that way we've still got some time before the Eels game on the Sunday. Um, so it might be a bit later in the week next week that you get the next podcast. Right, cheers, catch you then. Hey, 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 hey. No, no. Oh, sorry. We got, sorry. We got shout outs and all sorts of stuff to still do. Okay, I think well, Birdie I think Bertie's got a few things on. to say. We're running we're oh, we're not even over an hour. Okay. Yeah, come on, man. Right. Bertie, Bertie, what have you been doing? Oh, uh, yeah, um He's been cheating on us. He's been playing with his podcast. Infidelity. Little podcast whore. Oh, uh, yeah, so um, on the side. Like more like a side, yeah. Anyway, on a side, I um. We're on the oh, side now. <laughs> I run a Spurs page for Australia, and um, I got invited to do a podcast just to talk about being a Spurs fan in Australia. So um, that's been released today. I didn't realise you're a, you're a San Antonio Spurs fan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining Paramount Podcast. This is episode. 69. <laughs>
Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, it's weird because I had to do it like one o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, so I'm happy for that. Like, because you guys have, I think Forty was on um, a radio and Ham was on the Raiders podcast. So I thought I chip in, you know, pull my weight around because I don't do nothing on here. Um, but that's not the yeah. biggest thing. The biggest thing has been NBA free free agency, man. Yeah, wild, crazy, crazy wild. Day. Past couple of days, oh, Forty will talk about it. It's just poor Nick's the biggest player has signed. <laughs> We're waiting for him. Like, yeah, I was I was going to ask you where do you think um, Kawhi ends up? Stays with the Raptors or is he going to go somewhere else? Lakers. Lakers. Well, they've, they've been clearing all the space for a max for a max signing, um, but yeah. I- Iguodala bought out his contract, so he's going to the Lakers. So I'm not sure what that means for their cap situation. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, insane. So yeah, it's just um, the big. Fr- this will be if if Kawhi goes to Lakers, they'll be the biggest three ever. You have LeBron, him, and AD. Um, what else? Oh, Tottenham. Speaking of Spurs. They made their first signing in 517 days, and only Spurs, a club, would sign someone and then loan him back out straight away. So, <laughs> top work, mate. And, um, yeah, that's it, really. It's been quiet other than that. Um, yeah, over to you. Uh, who was next? Uh, that would be me, right? I'm usually um, usually the one to go second, yeah. <laughs> old old 40-20. The brain with the, the not-quite-rotted brain yet because you remembered some shit. Yeah, look at me. I'm doing all right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, aside from, from the, uh, the old footy, I'm trying to think what's been going on. Um, NBA free agency has been crazy. Um, baseball has been pretty interesting. So I'm not sure if anyone here, um, ended up taking up my tip on the old John Boy Media recommendation on YouTube, but he's been hilarious watching. Um, shit, there was something I was going to, going to point out, but now I've forgotten because Bertie was funny with his thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. I'm so sorry, boys. Um, yeah, I let you down. I let you down. Um, but yeah, yep. you can you can read my, all my stuff and all my mate stuff on the Cumberland Fro or on Twitter at Eels TCT. And yeah, it's been been good to get back to back wins. And Ham, I've pretty much got nothing oh, except for Twitter at Ham Sandwich Twenty Two, and um, I'm not sure our demographic on here, but um, if there's any. There's any if there's any young women on there's Tinder. No, there's no hot singles in your area. <laughs> it's a lot. Single and ready to <laughs> mingle. Not on Tinder, so um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you see me on Tinder. I don't. Uh, I look like a dickhead on there. I take it. Just, just yeah. Match with me on Tinder. All right, and um, to me. <laughs> but again, I don't know the demographic of this podcast. I, I, I can't imagine there'd be too many. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna <laughs> big and big, big hole. <laughs> oh, bugger um, The cricket has been enjoyable, but <laughs> I don't know why you would put a day nighter for Australia versus New Zealand, How? considering both of those teams are on the opposite side I, of the earth. I um I jumped on the cricket info the other night, and I was like, "Am I going to watch the game?" And I saw the score five for ninety five, whatever it was. I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck that!" You know, we're finally, you know, finally going to have a bad loss. <laughs> Wake up the next morning, and we smashed them. We won yeah, by like nine I, I watched runs. Australians' innings, and then I decided to go to bed. And I'm like, "Oh crap, we we really haven't done enough here." And I said the same thing game as well. Um, although I stayed up and watched the English. Um, 
part of it because it wasn't a day nighter. You thought, oh, they haven't got enough runs, and then um, their bowling certainly comes in um, to play. So it's been fantastic for the moment. Um, we've got a couple of days off until Saturday when we play the Saffers, who are already knocked out of the tournament. Old, old Starkey boys, two wickets off matching Glenn McGrath's all-time total for the most wickets at a World Cup, and he has the sole claim to the most fifers in World Cup history. So, yeah, he's got three. So um, he is yeah, um, massive from him. He is an enigma. He is going to go down as like the greatest World Cup fast bowler ever. Um, but he was like horrendously out of form coming into the World Cup and just literally clicked into a new gear. Um, yeah, something special. Is, <laughs> is Dan Gagai of uh, World, World Cup cricket? Plays only good for rep or rep team? Yeah, but then they had him set to South mode last um, origin, so... <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Uh, other than that, yeah, not too much going on. Um, other than, yeah, Origin coming up, which isn't strictly uh, NRL. Um, but, yeah, I don't think there's too much else. I'm, I'm married, so I don't know. <laughs> with, a, with a youngin' as well, so it sort of takes away <laughs> a lot of the ability to get all those interesting hobbies going. Um, no no hot Tinder dates. <laughs> <laughs> the old uh, hot singles in my no. area. You're not missing much. <laughs> Um, um, or the other thing is that um, we've certainly touched on a number of times is um, the concussion in the NRL and um, Sterlow came out and he, he'd done it back in 2018, um, said that he was going to donate his brain, but it was sort of just confirmed again this week um, after all the CTE um, news about, was it two former players? There, was there were 250-game players or something like that that had like significant uh, chronic traumatic encephalitis or whatever it is. Um, how it's pronounced, um, symptoms, yeah. They didn't yeah, name him, though. And, and, and just another bit of breaking news, Jamie Soud will also donate his brain for concussion research. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. It'll be the, that, the might, that might explain Sowie's powies. But, but um, no, it's 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 um, crazy uh, that, that they're going to be doing that. It's, um, it's good, it's it's good stuff for science. Uh, and you've seen, we've seen similar stuff with the NFL as well. Um, there's, you know, Obviously, a lot of collisions in, the, in these sports, and and uh, to to a degree, I see players like James Graham, who's also I think going to do the same thing, um, sort of taking you know responsibility in the sense that he knows that the the risk comes with the reward. But it's good to if we can help player welfare in that regard, anything we can do is important. So yeah, good on Sterling, good on Sowie and and company for doing those things to further the um science that will hopefully better the game. And I think that about wraps it all up. I'll, I'll try and take us away this week, but Vossi didn't give us much material to work with. Um, he wasn't wasn't or too. Yeah, he's, he's um yeah prob- probably more. Oh than no, sorry. Ever. That that award goes to Justin, full of charisma, Hodges. <laughs> Can I just say he he's commentated all our home games, um, and we're currently only lost one of them. So yeah, we would we would have won all. We would have won all of Dan Ganane was calling our games. Well, perhaps it is that Vossi is the um, the bit of luck, so um, I don't know. <laughs> Alrighty, boys. Until Cheers, next Thursday, here we go. Play of the game. Widened. Nickel clock stand. And then, oh, Kirk has lost it. Into the grasp of Ferguson. Big Fergo. Sprinting away. Blake Ferguson for Parramatta. Squares it up.